Greetings, dear listeners. Thomas Gloom here. I wanted to offer y'all some bonus episodes in between the main interviews. So what I'm doing is asking my guests if they have a short story or, apart from a longer work, that I can narrate and then release to you. This gives you the opportunity to get a little taste of what folks are about, even if you've never read their work before. Hope you enjoy, and please, remember to leave a light on. The Cold, The Grief by Spencer Hamilton Read by Thomas Gloom I don't want to go, Daddy. It's so cold over there. Dustin woke, screaming his son's name. Consciousness came to him in quick, frigid bites. He was in the tent, and his son was gone. His son had been gone for days now, and he was never coming back. Dustin sat up, extricating himself from the sleeping bag with stiff limbs. Already his entire body was shaking, whether from the cold or from the black depths of grief he did not know. That was the first thing he learned about the world without his boy. Everything was the same. Life was an indiscernible landscape on the horizon, and you'll never reach it no matter how hard you push through the cold and despair, which were just as indistinguishable from one another as that far horizon of snow and sky. He clapped his hands together as he shrugged his body into more layers of clothing. He boiled water for coffee. He forced himself to chew and swallow some jerky and dried fruits. He stepped out of the tent and promptly threw up his breakfast. As he straightened up and tried and failed to see the exact line of the distant white horizon, he spit the bitter bile and said, his breath billowing ghosts into the air, What the hell are you doing out here, Dust? Dustin was ice fishing. That was all he knew, and he knew even less about how to ice fish. But his dad's old cabin had been the only place he could think of after the funeral. The only place he could disappear to that people would nod and say, Take your time. Grieve at the cabin. Yes, that sounds perfect. Just what your boy would have wanted. They hadn't a clue what his son would have wanted. All those blank faces from the funeral. None of them had known the boy. Known him like his father had known him. That's why you really came to the cabin, Dust, a voice whispered in his head. Your boy begged you to bring him here, but you never did. And now the guilt is killing you like the leukemia killed him. He ignored the voice. He ignored his shaking hands. His boots crunched across the lake and he came to rest on an upside-down bucket his fishing rod lying beside it. So we'd come to the cabin, the very night after burying his boy six feet underground. The boy's mother had screamed at him, but he couldn't scream back. Not anymore. None of that mattered now. For some reason he couldn't place, all that mattered was getting to the cabin. And then all that had mattered was getting drunk on his dad's old whiskey. And then all that had mattered was breaking every single framed picture in the damned place and getting out of there. 
He supposed it was a good thing he hadn't gotten back into his truck. Dustin had always despised people who drove drunk, or, to put a name to it, despised his father. He'd kill himself before he became like his father. It's why he'd never come to his dad's cabin before now. Why he never brought his son here, no matter how much he begged. And now, he'd never bring him here. Seven years old, and all his dreams snuffed out forever. Instead, Dustin found himself standing outside his dad's old shed. He found himself drunkenly ripping the rotted door from its hinges and rampaging through the shed's innards. He didn't stop until he came to the old diesel auger. Something about that metal rod, with the scything swirl of blade along its length, calmed him. And with it, a memory. Daddy... Grandpa told me about the ice fishing. I want to see. He'd given his son a startled look, almost fearful. His own father had passed away years before, a heart attack. His boy never got a chance to know his grandpa, even if Dustin would have let him. Grandpa told you? He asked, his throat dry, aching for a drink. What do you mean, buddy? But the kid wouldn't relent on the ice fishing. He wanted to learn. Dustin had tried to explain that it would be boring, that he didn't even know how himself, but his son didn't care. And now he was dead and gone. Seven years old, and his father had never taken him fishing. So a drunken Dusty, in the middle of the night, had piled all of his dad's old gear in a sled, and gone careening off into the dark, in the general direction of what his dad had called the best waters for fish in all of Maine. You never took your boy fishing. Shut up, he told the voice. Sitting on the bucket, he took the fishing rod and fed its line down through the hole between his boots, a slender throat dipping into the depths of the lake. He almost chuckled, he was impressed with his drunk self of the previous night, cutting a hole into the ice like this. Dustin sat there for hours, trying to ignore the thoughts in his head. His thoughts were a constant kaleidoscope of his son and wife and father and hospitals and divorce hearings and funerals and, before that, all the things they did together but would never do again. Damn it. He forgot the whiskey. Dustin was sobering up and he didn't like it. At least he had this hangover to stop the kaleidoscope of memories. At least he had the cold to numb him. His breath to keep him company. The never-ending horizon to watch over him. What he was doing was pointless. Stupid. He hadn't caught a single damn thing after hours of sitting here, and he wasn't going to if he sat here till hell froze over. But for some reason, he couldn't bring himself to pack up and admit defeat. He barely recalled enough from his childhood to get the fishing rod working, barely remembered enough to know to put bait at the end. Some contraption sat uselessly to the side, discarded out of frustration. He was pretty sure it was meant to be set up over the hole so it could cradle the fishing rod. But whatever. 
He needed to hold on to something anyway. The hours passed in monotonous white. The lake stretched as far as he could see in every direction, his tent the only thing out here. Every few hours he replaced the jig just to have something to do, lest his hands froze. Thoughts of his father crept up on him. Dustin's father spent so much of his time at this stupid cabin. Had he sat in this exact spot, in the middle of the lake, on this exact bucket, also cradling a nasty hangover, no doubt? His father had always tried to lure him out here, to teach him. Years later, his own son begged him to take him out here, to teach him. And the whole time, what did he do? Said no. The worst part? He remembered those first hospital visits after the diagnosis, seeing his son in the hospital bed, just skin and bones, and hearing that small voice in the back corner of his mind, whispering, Well, at least you don't have to say no anymore. You're a piece of shit, you know that? He muttered out loud, dragon smoke pouring from his mouth. But he was here now and he'd catch a fish for his son if it was the last thing he did. Maybe that was why he was here. A part of Dustin, the drunk part, had thought this would be a good spot to kill himself. His own father had died in his favorite armchair back at the cabin, and his boy had begged him to come here to fish before he died. So it made a kind of sense. But the more he sat out here thinking on things, the more he decided that would be a slap in the face of his son. Commit suicide in the exact place he refused to take his boy? That would make him a coward. Would make his wife write about him. And if he found his boy on the other side waiting for him, could he stand the look of sad disappointment? So, no. He was here to make amends. He was here to teach his boy how to ice fish. A full day, come and gone. Not one fish. Dustin's teeth chattered. His body shook. He no longer felt his legs. But still, he sat there. He'd get his boy a damn fish. As the last of the light bled from the sky, making its final, colorful transition from white to black, Dustin felt a tug. Sh-sh-shit! He curled his numb fingers around the rod tighter, sat up straighter. What was he supposed to do now? Pull up? He thought of his son's words. Grandpa told me about ice fishing, and how they had plucked a shiver up his spine. Dustin's old man had died when his son was just a baby, and yet, maybe he had told his grandson about the greatest ice-fishing spot in Maine. If you're here, he said now, the fishing line still tugging in the dark, guide my hand, old man. Help me. Let's do this. For him. Tink. Something bumped up against the ice half a foot beneath the surface. Warmth spread through Dustin's body. Whatever was down there 
It was big. Hole's not big enough, he breathed. Damn it, hold on. He fell to his knees and wrestled the fishing rod into the discarded contraption. It wasn't properly set up, but it would have to do. All he needed was a minute. One minute to take the spear he'd found with the auger and hack away some of the ice. His heart slammed against his chest as he thrust the spear into the slushy ice beside the hole. He made quick work of it, unaware of the smile that broke onto his face, like sunlight through storm clouds, for the first time since the leukemia diagnosis. Dustin dropped to his knees again, the spear clattering away, and snatched the rod before it could be tugged into the newly widened hole in the ice. Okay, Dad, he muttered, heaving with exertion. What next? But there was no answer, of course. Not from his dad, or from the voice in his head. There was, however, an answer from beneath the ice. Tink. No way, Dustin breathed. Still too big? But just as he was about to drop the pole again and return to hacking away with the spear, he caught sight of something in the water. Rising from the depths of the lake, up through the manhole cover-sized opening in the ice, just visible in the night dark. My God, Dustin said, his breath hitching. No. It was a child. It was his child. The fishing rod fell from Dustin's numb fingers to join the spear and the entire world in the inky black. All that he saw, his entire world, was that tow-headed child rising from the water, his eyes open and bright and alive. He scrambled to the edge and plunged his hands into the lake, and yes, now he could feel his boy. He was real. He was alive. And Dustin didn't care how, though a small part of him thanked his own father for hearing his prayer to help catch a fish and saying, I can do you one better, kiddo. The first of his boy to break the surface was a lock of blonde hair, the one that always fell in a perfect curl across his forehead when he slept. Then came the rest of his head. And a small part of Dustin realized this was his boy before the sickness. He still had the hair, still had the baby fat to hide the sharp angles of his skull. His grinning face shone in delight at the sight of his father rescuing him from death. Daddy! Son, Dustin said. And now he was sobbing, was pulling his dead son impossibly from a lake in Maine where he'd never been in life. Son, it's okay. I've got you. It's okay. It's cold over there, Daddy. Those words, Dustin grasped. They were the same words, the last words his boy had said to him. The last words he'd spoken. Dustin had woken, disoriented, in a chair in his son's hospital room, and he realized the child was speaking to him out of the dark. I don't want to go, Daddy. It's so cold over there. 
Dustin had scooted closer to the bed, reaching for his boy's tiny hand, and his mind had screamed, Over there? What does he mean? What can he mean? And then his son's eyes had closed, and Dustin's world had turned cold. And here was his son now, free from the shackles of his sickness, of his death, climbing from the depths of a lake, saying those words to him and it was enough to make his mind cleave in two, like that distant horizon riven into perfect halves of sky and snow, and Dustin didn't know on which side he now lay. But still, he lifted the boy from the ice. Surely none of that mattered. All that mattered was that he had his son back. He had his son back. The pajamas the boy wore were soaked through, and his snow-white skin seemed to shine through the thin cotton. But he wasn't shivering. It was this last fact that finally broke through Dustin's frozen mind. That lake water had to be near freezing. Hypothermia? Was that it? No, stupid, the voice said. Children don't just come crawling from lakes. But he didn't care. He held his boy, his precious child. He looked into those beautiful blue eyes and he sobbed in relief. Sobbed like he never had at the funeral. He sobbed with happiness and said, Son, son, daddy's got you. Daddy loves you. His heart full, he pulled his son up and out of the water. But the boy didn't stop there, didn't stay in his arms. He kept rising, the lake water dripping from his body. He rose and rose and rose. And then he laughed. Dustin fell back, distantly aware of the bucket banging away on the ice. Son! He sprawled on his back staring up at his son. The boy had risen impossibly high. He leered down at his father from ten feet high, dangled above him like a marionette. But where are the strings, Dustin? The voice insisted. The ice beneath him began to buckle and crack. Tink. 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 It heaved like tectonic plates, breaking apart, the fishing hole bursting wide for something. Something bigger. He looked, but oh God, he did not want to look. And what he saw drew a scream from his throat, spewing frosted breath into the night air. His boy was glowing. A shining beacon in the winter night, bathing the ice with light. And beneath him, pushing up out of the ice and breaking through, was a gigantic fish of nightmarish proportions. Big, seething cheeks of scabby flesh scraped against the ice as it broke free. A bulbous sack of a monster. Spindly needles of teeth splayed out from its gums, teeth as long as the ice spear, 
wherever it lay. The thing's mouth seemed impossibly large, splitting its entire body as it gaped open, seething hungrily, engulfing Dustin in a wash of fetid breath. Above its jack-o'-lantern mouth, black, sightless orbs swiveled in their sockets, reflecting back the glow of his sun far above. And rising from between its eyes like a horn was a sinewy stalk of flesh that snaked up high into the frigid air and propped up his boy like a ventriloquist arm inside its puppet. It's so cold, Daddy, the thing that looked like his son said, his voice capering up into a carnival giggle. Come and help me get warm. Dustin's scream was strangled in his throat. Isn't that what you want, Dustin? The voice in his head asked. Isn't this why you came here? Yes. Yes, it was. No longer did his body shake. He was calm. The kaleidoscope had stilled. He sat up and waited for the splintered teeth of the creature to take him all the while staring up into the shining eyes of his beloved child. Dustin was done with the cold and the grief. He was ready to meet the horizon. This short story was published in the Blood Rites Horror Anthology, Bitter Chills, copyright February 2021. It was used here with the permission of the author, and publisher.